So welcome to The Expert Edge. Today's conversation is with James Wedmore. Now, if you don't know James, you've probably been living under a rock. He is a really good friend of mine, has been a huge influence in my philosophy of building an expert business. I had the privilege of meeting James for the first time about four years ago, and that was when I was living in Australia, and he was obviously He's in the US in Laguna Beach and it's actually kind of crazy because we've become such good friends, done lots of really cool work together and now I live like 10 miles down the road from him. Um, so it's crazy kind of full circle experience. Uh, in this session, we really dig deep into what, what you know James thinks uh, and our conversation is really all about the difference between those experts who really focus on just strategy and those experts who really do the inner work that you need to do to break through the various belief boundaries and, res and resistance points in your life. This conversation, uh, I ask him some you know, more vulnerable personal questions and really just questions that open up who he is and he has really scaled up significantly over the last four or five years and we talk about that process and how that occurs so if you run a digital business uh, I or you sell online products or you're a speaker who wants to sell online products I know this conversation is going to be really helpful uh, I think James's philosophy on launching uh, for me, I think he is he's such a king of the launch. And what I mean by that is he's a, he has this superpower to go for big outcomes, but also detach from from even achieving it. So it's like this beautiful space in between. I think he's a master at it. So you're going to love this episode. Uh, and as we interview James Wedmore, by the way, if you haven't yet, definitely go and check out his podcast, which is mind your business podcast and you can check out more of his episodes there so hey let's get into it interview with james wedmore you are listening to the expert edge podcast this is the place where experts come to command the stage position themselves as authorities and scale their business up get ready to access your next level of potential with your host colin boy so James Wedmore, welcome to the Expert Edge podcast. This is four years in the making. I was going to uh, say, it's about time. <laughs> Bro, you've been on my back from like the first time we met about four, just over four years ago. Go I've on. been Give on his back about this podcast for 27 years. <laughs> <laughs> 27 years. Yeah. <laughs> It You've feels been like in my that dreams. Long. It's like who's this James Wedmore guy? <laughs> oh, here like, dude, here we are. Yeah. Who would have thought? And I'm thought? living me. I'm living like three miles away from you mm -hmm. in yeah. California. I mean, not yeah. right now, because you're right in now, but yeah. Sedona. Yeah. Um, dude, how how much has life what a journey evolved huh? and changed? Yeah, dude, it's crazy. So, mate, I'm just excited to bring you on mm. and uh, to share you with my audience. You know, you've been a huge influence and mentor in my life in so many different areas. Um, and I always love like, you know, over the years, I've, I'm always looking for people to like expose me to different thinking and different philosophies and different business models. Um, and you've been one of those big influences in my life. So I wanted mm. to first of all, thank you for that. Yeah, well, I've learned um, a lot from you as well. So thank you. 
I appreciate it, mate. We'll, yeah. we'll definitely get into that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I learned, um, I learned humbleness from you. And <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more about this. I'm the most humble. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about, <laughs> about these incredible learnings. Um, right. Enough about me. Let, let's talk about you. What do you think about me? <laughs> what do I think? Well, dude, I think like one of your superpowers that I love is your ability to have full commitment. You're like locked in seatbelt in you know mm. you're you're in the uh, back to the future car yeah probably literally because you've hired it before right and 88 miles and an you, hour mm. <laughs> 80, you gotta hit 88 miles an hour of course you do yeah and like your full commitment and then you're also like let's just see what happens oh totally <laughs> totally i love so tell that. me about tell me about that dude like i because i mean you you run a you know, a big business in this industry mm-hmm. and <clears throat> you carry a lot of weight mm-hmm. in terms of staff costs, yeah. just business costs. Yeah. Um, and you're still a young dude mm-hmm. like myself. Yeah. Um, tell me about like your philosophy of commitment and letting go at the same time. Wow. How that's, how that's evolved. Well, I learned uh, all of that, what you described by doing the opposite. When you spend a good proportionate, you know, like amount of your time uh, not seeing any progress or growth because you're doing nothing, because you're always hesitating, because you're always stopping short of, you know, when it gets uncomfortable, when you're running from perfectionism, like I was perfectionist. Oh my gosh. Perfectionism is a, uh, it's a survival mechanism that we use to avoid like criticism and stuff. Right. Cause if it's perfect, they can't say anything, but perfect doesn't really exist. I mean, perfect according to whom, right? So it's never perfect. And then we never put it out there, but putting it out there is what would make it perfect or in the pursuit of perfection. So I spent a lot of time doing that, you know, pain's a blessing going through all the struggles that we go through, it's hard and it's tough. And, you know, I just tell my students and clients, they go, look, pain is pain means pay attention. There's something to learn here. And that's what I had to learn. Um, and so, yeah, when I get a crazy idea, when I get a lot of them, it's, um, it's a no matter what. So commitment to me is, Oh man, there's so much I could talk about. It is, it is doing whatever it takes, no matter what, and whatever it is that you're committed to is the inevitability. I am committed to blank, whatever blank is, that is, you have to eliminate and remove any shadow of a doubt, any seed of doubt from that. It's going to happen. Hmm. And coming the, from that. You mean knowing, the outcome, like committing the outcome. to that outcome? The outcome. Yeah. With any, not, necessarily, like that. not necessarily how it's going to look or how long it's going to take and, and all that type of stuff, yeah. but that it's going to happen. It's going to happen or better, you know, something or better. And it's, you know, I always get people, it's like, you ask that question because you got it. We got to have a little bit more faith and a little less fear because um, it really is one or the other. Am I choosing fear or faith? And really what fear is, is it's faith in the unwanted future, right? If you look at what fear is, fear is putting your attention when we're talking about, when we're talking about business, we're not talking about like, there's a lion right in front of you and we're like afraid, you know, I'd be afraid of that. Um, fear is where's your attention in this moment. It's on an unwanted future. It's an uncreated future. And the future is anything but certain 
but it's an unwanted future. And then you start to feed that future. You, you begin to put faith in that future. You think that's what's going to happen. Oh, I'm afraid to do my, my first webinar. Why? Because no one's going to show up or they're going to laugh at me or they're going to judge me or no one's going to buy. That's what you're putting your faith into. And like what you put, what you fear is what you start to set in motion because that affects your state in the present. You become that person that's afraid of the rejection. You become that person that's afraid of no one buying. You become that person that's afraid of what are they going to say, do, think, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And then we live into that future. And so when you start to understand that, it's like this should be the prerequisite that we have to have that commitment to the desired created future. Here's the thing I wanted to do. And I'm going to be committed to that, which means there's like this knowing this certainty that it's going to happen. The same type of knowing, and you can't fake it too. It's like people are like, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be a millionaire. And they close their eyes a million times. And they're like, am I a millionaire? No, I'm going to be a millionaire. Right? No, that's, you know, like the wishful thinking and all that stuff. That's great. Do it. But if you're just relying on that, I don't think that's enough. But it is the same type of knowing that like, if I asked anybody here listening, do you think the sun's going to come up tomorrow? For most people, if they're answering honestly, they're like, yeah, I don't even think about it. It's like, yeah. Are you going to hit your business goals? Are you going to get to the level you want? Is this thing going to work? Yeah. I don't even think about it. I just do. Right. And it is kind of an ironic paradox in the sense that there's like, the more that there's that commitment and knowing really like the less you give it energy, like the less of a deal it is. People are making things such a big deal. They're making things, taking things so seriously. And I really just kind of look at it like a, like a fun game. Um, because there's a Richard Bandler quote that I love that I'll botch a little bit that says, if you don't believe that it's possible, 100% possible, you won't do what it actually takes when it comes down to it to make it happen. Mm. So that, so that belief has to be there. So the belief reinforces that the level of action that's required. I, I really do. And, and, and that's yeah. a big component about what, what commitment is, mm-hmm. is because commitment is doing whatever it takes. But if you don't believe it's possible from the get-go, you're not going to do whatever it takes. And that's where a lot of people are running from is they're doing this like, I'm afraid it's not going to work. I'm afraid I'm going to go in the wrong direction. I'm afraid I'm going to waste time. And of course, how do, you, just, how do you work on that? Well, the first thing is that we have to look at um, <laughs> what it's costing you to do that. How much time are you wasting not making a decision? How much time have you wasted doing nothing? You've already wasted more time than if you just went after it. And I love the whole concept of the MVP, the minimum viable project or promotion. If you can't get to a result in 90 days or less, then you're not doing something right. Hmm. In other words, if you can't test that product, that idea, that whatever in 90 days or less to give you some sort of proof, give you some sort of evidence that you're on the right path in the right direction, then you're, you're, you're wasting time. And if you can't give 90 days of your life to something, then you're not really committed to it. And that's how I approach everything. So I'm going to give you some examples. We had an idea to go into a completely, not completely, but very different business model, different, different, just different strategy years ago. You're you're familiar with lynda.com? Yes. Okay. So I really liked lynda.com. I wanted to create something similar like that. I wanted to create like the video version of lynda.com where it was like a very low end membership continuity, but that had hundreds of trainings specifically for video, how to 
make your own music, how to do editing, how to use every video software, After Effects, you know, well, you're, you're the video guy, right? Like that's well, what they said at the Kajabi conference. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was once upon a time, <laughs> 27 years ago. 27 um, years ago. <laughs> and, and so that was my idea. Now the philosophy behind that was I wanted some, you know, I think LinkedIn bought Linda for like gajillion dollars or yeah. something like that. <laughs> Great investment. It, yeah. Uh, but they did. And, um, and I was like, I, you know, I wanted something like that. And what, what we're going to do is the dummy, the, the newbie rookie entrepreneur, the noob would have said, okay, I want to do something like that. I'm going to go raise venture capitalist funding and go get a hundred thousand dollars or $200,000 and then hire a bunch of people and spend the next year creating all these tutorials and mini courses and building the website and branding and my business plan first. And oh, now I got to hire a team and I got to get business cards and all that crap. And um, I'm like, wow, that's, that'd be a lot of work and a lot of risk. And that's what, uh, how a lot of people are approaching their business. I'm not ready to launch yet. I'm not ready to put this out here yet. Why? Oh, I don't have my, I don't have my, my photos yet. I don't have my website yet. I don't have my logo yet. I don't know what to call myself. Oh, that's a big one. I don't know what to call myself. Well, what did your parents call you? <laughs> Start there. Right. So, so it's like they mask their level yes, of yes. Their, their fear with, yeah. with to do's to do's and yeah. that are just distracting them from yeah. actually taking Busy action. Busyness is a distraction. And so what I would have done, and I know this kind of blurs on the, the edge of like, well, that's a little, you know, on the edge of morality, but it was a test. Here's how I would have approached it. I would have ran a Facebook ad pitching what it is and giving people like a dollar trial to join mary.com so what's that mary.com what's that not linda mary yeah <laughs> stupid wow uh, yeah okay i was gonna sorry, call yeah, it sorry. i was gonna call it colin.com but i guess <laughs> not okay, yeah, so i'm loving this i'm loving yeah, this. Uh, yeah so so anyway so i would have just built a sales page i would have just built the mm. facebook ad to a landing page and a checkout page. And then I would have not charged them. And then, and then said, this is actually a trial, but we're going to give you a free membership and blah, blah, blah. This is in beta, you know, because that would have tested its viability. Mm. I could have been able to say, wow, people are clicking on this. Wow. People are going to the sales page. Wow. People are actually signing up. I wouldn't have charged their money and I would have let them know and then probably gifted them with something. Um, but a hundred or $200 of ads in a three week period. And I would know if I have something or not, you don't even need to give me 90 days. And that's such an important thing to, to look at is so people are sitting there saying they're wasting months going, I, I can't, I'm stuck. I can't make a decision. I don't know which niche. I don't know which product. I don't know which way. Should I do webinars Colin? Should I do something else? I can't decide why what's preventing you from deciding is like, well, I'm afraid I'm going to do it wrong. Well, what will happen if you do it wrong? I'll be wasting all this time. You're already wasting time. Just put it out there. And I, and I really do. I want to invite people to, to do this with me is like, I, I, I embrace making mistakes you know, make it messy. I look, you really stupid. do. Like, I, really I feel do. like you live that in terms of I've watched you with your team and allowing your team to make mistakes. And, yeah. and I really love how you do that, man. So yeah, keep talking about that. Your mistakes. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way you're really going to get going. That's really the only way you're going to learn. Okay. There's like, I love courses. I'm, I'm a rabid, what's the word? Rabid. Um, rabid, voracious, voracious course taker. I don't know. Give me any adjective. Thesaurus.com. Um, I love taking course. I love learning. I love growing. But at the end of the day, experience is the only teacher. 
All right. So you're waiting on the sidelines, waiting for all the answers. And you got to understand that there can be a trap. It can be a whole trap because you're like, wow, the more I'm learning, like I'm listening to Colin's podcast and I'm going through his stuff. And then all of a sudden you go, the more I'm learning, the more I'm learning how much I don't know. And that's fine. Cause there's so much we don't know. Right? And there's so much we don't know that we don't know. But if you let that stop you, if you then develop this belief or this idea of, well, I have, I can't get going until I know everything you'll never get going. And the only way to learn is by the doing. And this is why I tell my students, and I'm sure Colin's heard this a million times, and hopefully a lot of people have heard, is people are waiting for clarity and the answers before they take action, and it's completely backwards. It's action that creates clarity. But I need to know the whole thing. I've gotta go all the steps, I gotta see the whole big picture, but life doesn't really work out that way, especially entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship, if you're a true entrepreneur, you're creating something that's never been created before, so how could you have all the steps? It's, you put that one foot out in front, and yet you, you take a little action, you get beat up a little, you make a mistake, you pick yourself up and you get a little bit more clarity and then you take the next step and the next step. And then to chunk it down into one phrase, the way we operate is we jump and we build our wings on the way down. And we just hope that they get done before we hit the ground, but we build our wings on the way down. I'm doing that with these Airbnbs out here in, um, in Arizona. Yeah, how many have you got now? Four. Four. <laughs> Dude, you were just going full on at them. I love it. And and we we um I'm watching And you're because, like building them as well. Like you're like full oh, yeah. on construction, getting oh, into yeah. them. And making so many mistakes mm. and and also like, hey, we're not finished, but let's get a guest in there. And yeah. then you get the guest in there and we go, Hey, we're going to give you a discount. Um, and we just want to let you know, this is just a perfect example. Um, this is our first guest. You're our first guest and we're probably missing stuff and, um, whatever we can do, we're standing by. If we've forgotten things, if we need more to get you more things, like whatever we're missing, we just let us know. And they're like, they're like, Oh yeah. Hey, you know, you don't have a coffee maker. Like, Oh, okay. No worries. We're going to go get one. It's like, you don't have a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> the water isn't turned on. Like what? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Arizona. You don't have AC. <laughs> it's a hundred degrees outside. Um, but we're, we're, um, I, I've given, I gave myself permission a long time ago to make it messy and to make mistakes. And yeah. I think that's why I keep growing. I think the more you resist it, the more it's going to hold you back, you know, and I hope that offers something for people. Yeah, no, you, no, man, you really, you really live that. And I've watched you fairly closely kind of really commit to that. And, you know, since in our relationship over the last four years, you know, it's just been cool watching you grow and, and step into that um, mm. in just a whole nother level. I'm, I'm wondering about what have been some of the biggest like belief blocks mm. or resistance points that you have had to break through that mm. might, maybe you've had from when you were growing up, like as a child yeah. or younger. What, what's coming up for so you? Ma that? So many. And the first thing that comes up is this whole thing that growth happens in stages, right? So you kind of have this growth and then you, sometimes you experience that you kind of hit like a plateau or like, I don't know, whatever it is. I can't, I can't seem to, I always had the same number with my launches or the same revenue, right? It's different belief, different perspectives, different shifting that work rewiring that needs to happen. And, um, I've had several of those in my life where I just have these stair stair steps, you know, stair step kind of growth on the, mm -hmm. on the graph. And, um, I can pick any one of those and tell you exactly what it was. And it was never a strategy. It had nothing to do <laughs> with here's the right strategy. You need a strategy, but if you think there's only one right one, 
um, that's crazy pants, right? Cause there's people successful with every one of them and there's mm -hmm. people unsuccessful with all of them, but every single person that's successful had something different going on in between their ears, you know? And so we can pick any level. I'll tell you the, the, one of the first big levels for me was, um, back in end of 2013, going into 2014, I ended the year, you know, revenue money and all that stuff is to help. It's like, if, if your business is a reflection of you, it kind yeah. of the revenue you're doing is kind of reflects where you were at in yeah, your it's journey. Like a mirror. Yeah. It's like a mirror. Absolutely. I, I think it's a really, it, it's actually quite a clean indicator. I think of yes. where you're at. Sorry. Yeah. You go. Yeah. No, I, a hundred percent. In fact, like this is sounds like really cocky and judgmental, but, and I'm sure Colin, you could resonate with this. You can pretty much talk to somebody who's an entrepreneur in this space within five minutes of just listening. You can pretty much guess how much money they're making. So true. So true. Yeah. Because people share their beliefs, you know, every time they open their mouth, right? We create our world with our word, you know, and um, you just hear it in people's language and stuff like that. So if you're listening. So I ended 2013 with $280,000 in revenue, 270 something. I don't know, something around that range. It's been a while. And I was so stoked. I thought I was the coolest in the world. I was so like, I, I thought that was the top. I really did. I was like, I've made it and that's it. And you know, I don't know, maybe I'll retire in a year. <laughs> um, so I had a little cockiness. I had a little, you know, bit of the unhealthy ego and, uh, I finished the next year with 1.1 million in 12 months. I more than tripled like three and a half X my revenue. Yeah. Uh, and I worked less actually. And it wasn't because I learned a new strategy. It wasn't at all. It was one thing that shifted for me. And it was recognizing that everything I had done up until that point was from a goal or an intention to be liked. And if you're a personal brand, you know, the expert or the coach, chances are, I think it's something we all deal with, right? Especially because you get friends and followers and likes and pokes and all that crap <laughs> that like, we really muddle it all together. It gets all wrapped up into our identity and this need to be liked, this need for approval, this fear of rejection, this fear of, you know, the mob of people turning against you and not liking you and, you know, banishing you from the tribe and, you know, all that type of stuff can come up. And I learned a long time ago, I think I learned this from Dan Kennedy back in the old days that the biggest sin in marketing is to be boring. Hmm. And I want to kind of tweak that to say like the biggest sin is to be boring. And, and the biggest way that you're going to be boring is by trying to be liked because the person that's trying to be liked is trying to tell you what you want to hear. They, 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 they agree with you on everything. You're like, I don't like that movie. Like, yeah, me neither. Like, Oh, you mean that movie? No, I love that movie. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I love that movie too. Right. You know, we all had that friend and it's like, you're trying so hard. It's just stop it. And it's so unbecoming to yeah. try that hard, you know? And it is, it's, it's an ironic paradox that I don't know if you can be ironic and paradoxical, but it's just <laughs> like an ironic paradox. It's an ironic paradox. Wait, we are going a, to the next level, right? And now. a catch 22 all in one that when you try to be liked, it's the most unlikable, unattractive thing. Right. Yes. And we are drawn to the people that don't care about those things. Hmm. We admire those qualities and others like, wow, she just doesn't give an F. Right. I love that. She just doesn't care. He's just so unapologetic. He's just saying it like it is. I love that. Right. And I realized that's what I was doing. 
everything was about a need to be liked. It was everywhere. It was, what can I say that everyone will agree with was a lot of what was coming from me. Cause if you realize what an expert is in this space, that we're a messenger. We're not as much an expert as we are in messenger. And that's really, I think that's, that's something I want to share. That's my message today is that we are a messenger and that message comes from the unique perspective that you and you alone could only possess. There's no one in the universe that has the experience, the perspective and the uniqueness that you have. So you have a unique message inherently. If you're doing it, you know, we are experts and, and that's a great label that everyone will understand with and we're on the expert eds podcast. But the challenge that people will get into with that in their head is like, oh, he's more of an expert than me or she's more of an expert than me because she has more certifications. And then you're like in this whole ego pecking order hierarchy nonsense. But if you look at it, is that actually we're just, we're just messengers here to offer our unique perspective on things. Um, how can you offer that unique message when it's watered down to fit everyone's opinion of you when it's made all about it? Will I say the right thing? So Colin will like me. What is Colin already know? What does Colin already agree with? So I can just say that, well, that's not a thought leader. That's a thought follower, right? And people don't follow thought followers. And that's why a lot of people, no matter what platform or tool they use, they're not getting the following is because, because you're not being a thought leader. You're not saying something unique. You're not stepping into your unique perspective and message. And I finally got that. I finally got that everything up until that point was driven out of the need to be liked. It was driven out of the need to look good. It was, it was driven out of the need for others significance from others and love and all that. I'm looking for all the things that we're all looking for in all the wrong places. This is a business. <laughs> this is a business. Go Please like me, <laughs> right? Like go have some friends and a hobby and a spouse <laughs> and get your love there. Please. This is a business. And it, it really like a lot of people, they use, I want to follow and I want to, this is like, why it's like, so I can be important and I can have significance and I can get worthiness. And, and it actually gets really toxic and nasty because you have a lot of people that do have followings and a lot of ego, a lot of self-importance, a lot of like, I'm better than why? Because people know you and follow you. What happens the moment that they stop? Because people are finical. They're finicky. They're, they're fickle. That's what I combined words again. They're ficky. They're ficky. <laughs> Is that Australian? <laughs> it sounds like an Australian word. Probably. <laughs> they're they're, they're going to turn and go follow somebody else yeah. the next day. What happens then? What happens when all these strangers on the internet go follow somebody else? Who are you then, right? So I realized that. And I said, you know what? I just got to share what I want to share and stop giving an F about what anyone thinks. Mm -hmm. I went from playing in the middle of the street and I chose a side. Right. I, I stopped being vanilla and I chose the Rocky road. And what that did was change everything for me because people don't follow followers. They follow dot leaders. And I chose a stance and people didn't agree with it. And then others loved it. And even today I be, I lean into more and more. I'm going to say some things that, you know, on my podcast and from on my platform that not everyone's going to agree with, not everyone's going to hold the same. I'm, I'm a weird person. I have very different views and perspectives on business, on success, on, you know, things like spirituality and all of that. I'm not for everybody. I'm not trying to be for everybody. I'm trying to be true to myself. And by being true to myself, I have that intention that it will offer something for somebody for that right person. And that right person will receive it and say, well, it's valuable. And then the next person will say, that's BS. I don't agree. I say, great. You know, that's okay. That's okay. When I did that through the roof, 
Mm. It's, it's cool that that's, <clears throat> I mean, that's not a strategy, but in right. saying that you had some foundational strategies yes. to give you context and give you direction. And then it's kind of like what I've noticed through hanging out with yourself and other market leaders is, is that, uh, you get to a level where it becomes more about just belief. And I'm sure I know it's about belief at every level, mm -hmm. but I feel like once you've learned the strategies and you've learned the general principles that work, then it becomes about you putting that fuel or taking off, essentially taking off those limitations mm -hmm. and allowing yourself to be fully expressed through those vehicles. Completely. Yeah. I mean, you absolutely have to have, I mean, I talk about all this, you know, people label it as like mindset and stuff all the time. Cause I get really passionate about it, but I'm a strategist by nature. You know, mm -hmm. I'm business and marketing and I can sit there and, you know, if anybody here listening is like, Hey, will you help me map out my million dollar business? Just give me a big enough whiteboard and I can do anything, you know? Mm -hmm. And I love doing that. I love doing that. But what happened Colin is doing this for so long as I would, I would map it out. I'd be like, all right, you're going to start. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was, it's a whole battle plan start to finish. And I would watch person after person, after person, after person, not do it. Like there was this one guy, I was like, you should start a podcast. This is 27 years ago. And I'm like, you should start a podcast. You would be so great at it and I can help you. And he's, and he like, you know, he kind of had a belief or two. I was like, Oh, you know, you got to get all this equipment. I don't even know what to get. And I was like, Hey buddy, I won't say any no, names here. <laughs> I won't say any names. <laughs> but listen, this is what I did, Colin. You got to listen to this story, okay? Because it's a good story. Who's this guy? <laughs> I know he sounds like an idiot. So, an idiot. <laughs> what an idiot. Listen to what I did, Colin. I said, you know what? Not a problem. Come to my office. <laughs> use, use my podcast equipment. Here, here's my office. That's okay. I'll take the day off. Sit in my chair. Here, I'll press the record button. Go ahead. There you go. And he recorded episodes. Can you believe? <laughs> I'm, I'm such a jerk. I am just, that, that was a I story knew that was, I, I was, I was like bracing myself for that to come in this episode because we're doing a podcast. <laughs> At least once. At Dude, least it's, once. no, it's so good because do you know what's so funny? Uh, I mean, for, for me with this podcast, it was the angle and the name and right. And I was like going back. I know even for self. Do you remember when I was crazy? You had a name, didn't you? Didn't you have a name? And well, then it I was think like Expert Edge was. Something. Yeah, it was actually Jasmine Starr who came up with the Expert Edge. That's good. I, I really sat like down that. with her and I was mm -hmm. like, Jazz, like, what, what, what do I call this thing? Mm -hmm. She came up with Expert Edge, and then I changed it. And I was going to do some stuff with Sarah, and I was going to do well, kind of doing going back and forth, and then I came back to to Expert Edge and. Um, and it's, it's even funny, like, cause I, I don't know about you. I mean, you, I'm sure you would see it with your students. Like they get stuck on the name, they get yeah. stuck on the, and so first of all, like, I think that all of us can get stuck on that sort of stuff, <laughs> no matter what level you're at. I think what was really cool. I remember when I was even creating self from stage Academy, I think I texted you and I'm like, dude, what do you, <laughs> I gave you like 17 names or something. And, and, and half of them were like the, the same name. It was like, sell it from stage Academy, sell from stage, sell, sell on stage, on sta <laughs> sell with stage, stage sellers. <laughs> and you know, I, again, I have my own perspectives on stuff and I like to say things like this. It doesn't matter. Mm. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. And it's not permanent. 
Yeah. So we're putting a lot of our attention on things that you can change and doesn't matter. And I found, I catch myself in this. We have a program today called business by design. I think it's done about 13 million in sales, maybe a little bit more. That's pretty awesome. In in how long? Four years. Four years, dude. Four years. That's insane. Right. But I spent nine months, right hesitating because of the same thing. I'm not trying to, when I talk about these things, I'm not saying I'm immune to it. That'd be so hypocritical of me. I'm like, no, no, no. Everything I share is because I recognize me doing it. You've gone through it. (laughs) And then I've gone through it nine months. And the name I've tried looking recently where, where my list of names were is so bad. They were so bad. It was, it was just some of the worst names I'd ever come up with. You know, it's just like you're on thesaurus.com all day long. All day. (laughs) And I went to my wife with it. We went to the team. I literally, uh, like bribed my team. I said, I will give like hundred dollar gift cards to anybody that gives me a name suggestion. Give me as many name suggestions as you can, please. Like I'll pay you anything, please. And like, no, their stuff sucked. So I finally said, I can't, I can't hesitate on this any longer. I'm wasting too much time. So I released it and I called it. No, this is not a joke. Everyone that, that joined knows it and they laugh. James Wedmore's super awesome, sexy beta program. That was the name. And we got our first 50 people in. That was the goal. The goal was 25. And then we opened up another 25 and we put 50 people in there. And here's exactly what happened. It's so crazy. I got my 50 people in. I took a few days off. I celebrated. I was like, I'm really excited to start this. This is, this is a whole new chapter. Cause I was, I was the YouTube guy. Now I'm doing this other thing. I didn't go with uh, colin.com or mary.com. I went, <laughs> that never came to fruition. A lot of my Imagine if you stuff. did. Imagine oh if gosh. you did go with colin.com. I wish. <laughs> I'm sure it's taken now. You know. yeah, I'm sure you can I think buy country, the domain for 20 bucks. There's <laughs> a country singer. He's got my domain. He Is it really? Col- yeah. Colinboy.com. He won't give it to me. Of course not. But, you know, he's on tour. So. <laughs> Well, I'm, sure he's a, on I'm sure he's a legend. I'm sure. <laughs> Actually, I wrote, an email, I wrote an email to him and I was like, dude, can I buy your domain? And honest to God, he wrote me this email that was like 92 pages long about the history of the domain. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know why you're telling me this massive long story, but. About the funny. domain or about his name? No, the story of the domain and how it went from different owners and wow. everything like that. Because at the time he didn't even have his like, he didn't have anything up. I think it was just like a photo of him. And I was like, oh mate, come on. But anyway. Well, get this. This is almost embarrassing to admit. I just told you about this program, Business by Design. We don't even own the domain. We don't own Business you by Design. You got the .net, don't you? I, I finally got the .net. Oh, didn't you have it like right from the start? For the first two years, I didn't have it. My podcast is called Mind Your Business. I don't have the domain. I have mindyourbusinesspodcast.com, right? But I'm like, these things don't matter to me. That's that's so good. Yeah, because people, people get see stuck that. on like, it's not available, the, the actual... I can't know. do it because it's because yeah. the name isn't there. And it's like, well, you should at least see who has it. Maybe, you know, someone's already created the name and all that stuff. That's important. Business by design dot There's been X, like, X, by the way, X. there's been about like 10 additional <laughs> Mind Your Business podcasts that have popped up on iTunes since I started. It doesn't even matter. People like message yeah. me all the time. Like, do you see this? Someone else took your name. And I'm like, I really don't care because it's your brand. It's yeah. you. So anyways, so... This is, this is what happened. This is so cool. I took a few days off. I, did, I got my first people into the super awesome, amazing, sexy beta program for James Wedmore. Really excited. And I, and I sat down. Uh, we had dinner at the house. And then I went to Chelsea, my wife. And I said, 
I need your help because I just had these people sign up for eight weeks and I still really don't know what I'm going to teach them. Will you help be a sounding board for me as I write out an outline for the next eight weeks? She goes, sure. And she knows I'd spent months trying to come up with the name and we had nothing. So I write, okay, well, I know what I want module one to be about. And she goes, what? And I said, it's going to be all about building your business by design. <gasps> she looked at me. I looked at her and I was like, that's it. That's a fucking name right there. And she's like, what? And I'm like, business by design. That's it. And we had the name. And I share that story because it proves and it demonstrates and exemplifies what I was talking about, about the action creates the clarity. Priority. Yeah. I, as soon as I got started, but as soon as I put it out there, it started coming to me and that was it. And that's the name and the name is stuck. And we've even hired like professional branding consultants enough. They're like, Oh, that's such a powerful name. It's so good. It's so strong. I'm like, I know, tell me more, <laughs> but you know, it's a lot of confirmation. And, um, I, I mean, I already wasted nine months. How much longer was I going to waste instead of just getting going, you know? So, and the so, domain wasn't available. So I, you know what the first domain I got was business by design training, Right. net <laughs> the dot com oh, for that was taken too and that's so long like people are people are typing for half an hour to yeah in the, in the, the cart's already closed by the time they finish <laughs> typing in the url oh, oh, it doesn't that, matter who cares like it, i mean yeah. if it's affected sales not enough to affect me so so true now i love that philosophy of yeah and and i feel like because i definitely meet people like they're in one of two camps they're like super protective of everything they're like you know you can't even look at anything because that's my proprietary thing mm. or my you know that's my logo or that's my thing or then there's like more people who are you know who cares you know if they copy me or whatever because they're not me and, yeah. and I get that there is a legal side to that, but it's more like the philosophy, that sense of letting go. Um, yeah. And that scarcity and fear. Well, you know, there's, and there's more than those two perspectives to take too, because one of the things is like, yeah, there's, there may be a legal liability issue of someone using your stuff and it being, you know, drawn back to you and stuff. So, you know, it's, it's always good to be smart, consult yeah. lawyers and all that stuff. Totally. But are you operating from lack? Are you operating mm. from scarcity? Are you operating from that fear? Because it doesn't bother me in the slightest. And people don't believe it. Like when people come to me like, this person totally took your thing or whatever. And it's like, so? Like if you're gonna do it, it hurts you. Like that's yeah. what, it doesn't hurt me. It hurts the person that's taking it for multiple reasons. I, I believe there's a karmic effect, you know? Um, mm. I believe it, 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 it's when people see it, that's their per perception of you is that you're a copycat. So you're a thought mm. follower, not a thought leader. But the third thing is that if anyone was trying to copy me, they're, they're copying the past version of me. I'm already on to the next thing. So I'm, I'm operating from that commitment. We talked about that vision, that, that new idea, and they're copying what I did, what I was thinking about a year or two years earlier. So it's old news. It's like where I'm going and where I'm headed I can see you can't copy that because that's only in my head. You know what I mean? So what you're copying is already outdated. Mm. So I, that's why like you should never do that. Never, ever, because you'll always be trailing that person.
Mm. You know, I think Tony Robbins tells a story where like someone said like, like this time next year, I'm going to be just like you. I'm going to be at your level. And he's like, that's great. But this time next year, I'm going to be at a whole new level. So, <laughs> you know, you'll just be trailing me. And it's like, yeah, it's the same thing. So, yeah. What's your, what's your perspective of money? Like, how do you just mm. view money in general and that whole topic? Yeah, I had a lot of money stuff. You know, the book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad really resonated with me because I saw my dad as both the rich dad and poor dad. He, um, I, you know, and I won't talk too much about it, but it was really fascinating because he was a very successful real estate agent, like top producing agent. So he'd made a lot of money. And so he could afford to take my sister and I to fancy private schools in Newport beach where you live now. Yeah. Newport has a lot of wealth, a lot of money. Dude, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. So you I went to school of, up there. Yeah. It's like Bentley's every, every second yeah. corner. So, so in the nineties, my dad's pulling in 400,000 in real estate, top producer, wow. right? My yeah. mom's probably making, I don't know, maybe 65 to 85,000. So we were doing well and I was made fun of for being the poor kid. Just to give you perspective, my family's making $500,000 roughly in the nineties, in like early nineties, 93 to 95, 96, something like that. And I was the poor kid. I was made fun of being a poor kid. Why? Because they go, Hey James, why don't you have a house in Aspen? Where's your yacht? You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. the level of wealth that I grew up around was unbelievable. And if you were to take me and, and put my family and plop us down anywhere else, like we would be very well off. We might be made fun of for being the rich kid, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just very funny. And my dad also, he grew up coming out of the great depression. He's, he's 80, 81 now. So he was born in 1939. So in the U S wow. Oh my gosh. We, he grew up out of the great depression. So he had so much of that poverty lack mindset still, you know, um, still to this day, it's like, you can't leave the room without you leave the lights on. There's hell to pay. Kind of the thing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Right. So I grew up with all of that. And I think I turned my kids lights off this morning, actually. And their fan and their fans. <laughs> Damn it, that's costing us Damn money. It. Money doesn't grow on trees. I, no, I mean, but, would, but that yell. just resonates with me so much because that was that was my dad so much. Yeah. Like he's like, what you you know, don't turn off the friggin' light. Like yeah. and I've definitely I feel like I've repelled against it. Yes. I've like tried to go the opposite. Well that's so that was me. Yeah, so tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, so I was stubborn. I'm still very stubborn and like I, I it's funny because I say like my dad is I am who I am today because of my dad, mm. and part of it is because I wanted to be the opposite of him. I wanted to challenge everything about him, you know? Um, and so that was one of them. That was the big one. So, you know, I went on a very long journey about um, transforming my relationship with money. And that's, that's where I like to start when I have money conversations with people is that we all have a relationship with money. Yeah. And you can start to tell how good that relationship is. Just like we have a relationship with our spouse. Are you in a healthy relationship or an unhealthy relationship? Look at it with your money. Am, am I in a healthy relationship with money or an unhealthy one? Well, I don't know. Well, we can start by looking at the bank account, right? That starts to give us an example. Yeah, what are some indicators that there's some unhealth in your relationship mm -hmm. with money? Um, I think when we, how we feel when we spend it is a really good one. That was a really, really mm -hmm. big one. Tell me about that. Yeah. So like, um, I used to have, I used to go out to dinner with people and I couldn't even be there at the dinner with them. Cause the whole time I'm saying, how are we going to deal with this? When the check comes, am I going to have to pay for this? 
Mm-hmm. Is this, are we going to even have to split this? Cause they're totally eating more than I am. I didn't even have anything to drink. I just had the salad, you know, like all of that. And then the bill comes and you hand that credit card and it was painful. It was scary. I would, I was getting anxiety. My heart rate would go up. Uh, that's a very big indicator. Um, notice how you receive money. Do you um, delay in sending out your invoices, right? You got to bill a client and you hesitate on it. Um, do you have checks that you don't ever deposit or just times? That That's people- interesting. I'd never thought about it that way of mm-hmm. like even receiving money, oh, like yeah. sending invoices and, yeah. and asking for the money that's already owed to you. Exactly. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I would do all that stuff too. Just not at- undercharging. The prices you choose is an indicator of it. Mm. Right. Obviously how much is in the bank. Um, so these are all keys to your, um, your relationship with, with money. And so I've done a lot of work and I still, I'm really fascinated about it, but I choose to just operate from a place of abundance. That's my relationship Mm. with money. Um, I believe that we all come here, um, with a purpose. Um, and when you're living from that purpose, like a purpose is basically like you have this gift, a skill, something unique. Like we have that for us, it's that unique message. And as long as you're living from that purpose, well, number one, if you're living from that purpose, it'll feel good. Like you'll love what you're doing, right? Like Colin loves getting on stages, you know, you give Mike the mic to Colin and he's like lit up, right? We have to take it away from him half the time. So, you know, like that's an indicator. It's like, wait a second. Like I'm yeah. that's, you know, I love that. It doesn't even feel like work. So when you're doing that and it betters humanity in some way, it's helping people. It's not just about you. I believe without a shadow of my doubt that you'll be, you'll always be taken care of. You'll always be taken care of. You'll, you'll always have enough. So if that's the case, then why worry? And I think it's the worry about money that's keeping a lot of people broke because you, you know, energy flows where your attention goes. Right. So we're, when we're worrying about money, we're already in lack. We're already like, it's leaving. I'm focusing on it going out. I'm focusing on my taxes. Oh my goodness. Colin living in California in the U S I, have you, have you paid your first year of taxes here? It's crazy, right? Like it's unbelievable. And it's like, well, I could focus on what's going out or I could focus on this like a river and for yeah. some to flow out, it allows for more to flow in, you know? Mm. And, um, I think if, I think if people just found a way and it's not easy, it's like easier said than done. Definitely. Totally get that. It's more work involved. But like, if you stopped worrying about money, you'd find yourself with more. Because I firmly believe that worrying about money, needing money, it's all coming from lack and it's all pushing, pushing away, pushing it away. You know? I've definitely like, I mean, and I really acknowledge that in you. I've watched that in you in terms of even how you deal with, because I'm sure a lot of people listening would have people on payment plans and people on different programs and, you know, even failed payments, like how you respond mm-hmm. to a failed payment. I remember having a conversation with you when we first got to know each other and I was chatting about failed payments or something. And you were like, dude, you don't have enough failed payments. <laughs> and I was like, what do you, what do you mean not enough? Yeah. And you're like, well, you know, you, you've got to, you got to sell to a level where there's enough failed payments to show that like you're really pushing the boundaries and it's okay to have failed payments. It's okay to have failed payments. Yeah. Like that's part of the game. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. People like, yeah, that's a really good one, you know? Um, and refunds and stuff. Yeah. Refunds. There's not enough refunds. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, all that. And, and we look at failed payments as when somebody is failing on their payment, they're failing on their commitments. 
Yeah. So we got to get them back into their game. We got to get them back into the commitment and, and, and we work with them, you know, but I so much what I talk about it with my students is you're all making, you want to be an entrepreneur. So what's an entrepreneur? An entrepreneur is seeing what no one else can see vision. You know, everyone else sees problem. Everyone else is fear, but you're like, I see something. I see what no one else can see. But then that's the first part. Everyone has ideas. Big whoop. I have an idea. I have a million. Yeah. How many people have told you you have a million dollar idea? And that's all it is. A million dollar idea. Big deal. Ideas are a dime a dozen. But what's not a dime a dozen is someone who lives from that idea, lives from that vision and makes it happen. And that takes something. You know what I mean? So most people are living from their current circumstance, which means all I, I don't see the vision, Colin. I see the bank account. And the bank account dictates my world. The amount of money I have or the amount of money I make is what dictates what's possible for me. Well, if that's what dictates what's possible for you, guess what? You repeat your, your circumstance because you'll keep thinking the same way. You'll keep acting the same way. So you're going to keep getting the same results. Like living from the past. And yeah, you're living from the past, yeah. which means you repeat the past. And it's not until you say, you know what? I see something bigger, better, brighter for me, which means I need to think different, act different. Yeah. And if you've been thinking from lack, you'll always get lack, you know? So Mm. if I sit there and I see just like, this is full circle, what we're talking about. It was like, you, you know, you were saying like at the beginning, James, like you see something, you go for it and you just know it's going to happen kind of commitment. It's like, cause you have to, you have to. That is entrepreneurship. That's entrepreneurship. Mm. I'm not saying everyone has to, I'm saying, Hey, I want to be an expert. I want to be a thought leader. I want to be a coach. I want to build a million dollar coaching business. It's like, but I, I just don't want to get Kajabi because it's too expensive. Wow. You, that, that sounds inspiring. You should do a Ted talk. <laughs> I'm sure. That'll, I'm, that'll I'm, Ted talk. Right. That'll, that'll, that'll go viral. You know, but I'm serious. Like, like, so living from the vision, living from the outcome, if you say you want a million dollar business, but you can't afford to pay $150 a month, then you're, then you're acting and operating like a broke entrepreneur, which means you'll stay broke. Mm. What is the, what will the million dollar entrepreneur do? But James, I don't have a million dollars. Okay, great. Then what will the hundred thousand dollar entrepreneur do? At least go to that next level. You got to step outside the you that you've been being. If you want to be someone or experience something different, it's, it's simple. That's very simple. It's very simple logic, right? I could just sit there and say, and, and we did, that was one of our next shifts. I took the business from two to 3 million. And then 3 million to what I like to say would have been 10, but we chose to close down one of our masterminds. Right. And that would have put us over 10 million in a year, in a year. I, my CFO, this is not to brag. This is, this is to say, guys, what I'm talking about is all, I know it's all like intangible. It's mindset. It's blah, blah, blah. It's just give me the strategy. Give me what to do. And I'll, I can give you all that. Colin can give you all that, but these things, I wouldn't be sharing if they didn't make difference to me. So I have to show proof and evidence of it. My CFO is a CFO consultant. He's retired and he's retired because he was the CFO for freecreditreport.com. Took that company from startup to like millions, millions. Everyone's heard of freecreditreport.com and then sold it for all this money. And now for like shits and giggles, he, he consults with small businesses like mine. And he says, James, in all my years, I've never seen a business grow that fast. That's incredible. What the heck are you doing? (laughs) And I said, well, there's some secret webinar strategy. No, um, here's what I did when we were at 2 million. Yeah. First I had a belief. I don't want to grow anymore because growing more means I'll have to work more. Mm. Okay. So as soon as I let go of that belief, we started growing again. And I asked myself all the time, I got obsessed with, 
what would the $10 million a year business do? What does the $10 million a year CEO do? How does he think? How does he act? Where does he put his time? What is the most valuable asset? What is the most valuable thing that he can be doing in the business? And I had to completely rewire how I showed up. And in that one year, we took the business from two to three. So we did two to three by the end of the year. It was like in three or four months. We ended the year at three. Like we were on pace to do two. And then we did this boost of revenue at the end of the year. And then that next year, we went from three to 9.2 something, right? And you could say, oh, is it because you did this or because you did more at Facebook ads and all that type of stuff? It's like, well, maybe if you see, you see those things, that's what you would see. But who made those decisions? Where did all those new actions come from, right? And it's because I had to show up a completely different way. Growth happens in stages. And in every different stages, it requires a different version of you, a different version of thinking, a different set of beliefs, a, a different set of rules. Mm. This is why you hear stories of entrepreneurs that are great at startups, and then they got to get the entrepreneur out of there because yeah. they can't transition into CEO or leader. And that's what happens. We have people that are very entrepreneurial. They got great ideas. They get things going and then they implode it on their own. Look kind of like a Steve Jobs where they had to kind of get rid of him. And I know he came mm -hmm. back in, but, totally. but it was, you know, cause he was like functioning as an entrepreneur continually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so I had to reinv reinvent yeah. myself and become a CEO. Yeah. I had to stop having new ideas and just, cause like a lot of what entrepreneurs want to do, you know, your strength becomes your weakness <laughs> is like, I want to try this now. I want to see if this works. Maybe there's a better way to do it. So in order to do that, you have to break it. And then a lot of entrepreneurs only find value when they solve problems. So they have to create problems so that they can continue to have value. So they keep breaking and fixing and breaking and fixing. And, and they make, they, that tendency makes the worst type of boss. Employees hate that. A lot of employees hate working for entrepreneurs. It's like, you always do it yourself anyways. You always break it. You always change your mind. You always pivot. You always just end up doing it yourself. And that's a really crappy boss, a really crappy manager. And I had to, I had to step into that. I said, if this is where we want to go now, I'm going to have to reinvent myself. And uh, that was hard. It's totally hard. But, you know, there's a reason why CEOs and leaders are like the highest paying job because it's the hardest thing to do. It really is. The, I, I remember having a conversation with you recently that was really, I thought just profound around energy, like the energy mm. you, you live on and your email list size. Oh yeah. And cause a lot of the time people kind of focus on like, what's the exact, you know, yes. lead, lead yeah. opt-in strategy that I need and so forth. This, this is mind blowing. Is I just so did good. a podcast on this. Right. I just turned it into a podcast. Cause I'm like, this is so important and no one's talking about it. So yeah, here's what people are doing. We all know if you're here and you're listening that if you grow your reach and your audience, the chances of you growing your business, making more sales and clients is, is pretty much like certain, right? Now that that's not a hundred percent, but if you're making some sales right now and I said, I can double your audience, could you double your sales? You know, that's a pretty accurate, you know, hypothesis right there. Yeah. So people start going, how do I build my audience? How do I reach more people? James Colin, what's the best way to grow my list? And this is one of the worst questions we can, we can ask because you're asking the wrong question already. You're looking externally for the things that you think are going to grow your list. But every single platform, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook Live, 
ads, YouTube, podcasts. We all have examples of people that have been successful with all of them and people that have completely failed. Groups where no one engages, podcasts that no one listens to, Instagram with no following, right? We've all, had, we've all seen those examples. So stop putting all your marbles in the external thing. Here's why your list really isn't growing. And this is kind of a controversial thing for people because they haven't heard this before, right? You can't handle it. <laughs> you can't handle it. That's the answer. That's the answer. You can't handle it. Dude, it's so good. That's it right there. How many people listening right now already struggle when you get a bad criticism, when you get a hater, when you get something negative, when someone judges you, says something nasty. If that affects you 1%, you have no idea how much at a subconscious level you are sabotaging yourself because at some level, there is a thought saying, if I'm getting this much now and I don't like it now, bigger audience means more of that. And I can't handle this. So how could I possibly handle more? And then the fun game that you get to play in your head is if I said, serious question, serious, you got to really pretend like this is real. I hand you a hundred thousand people go. What's the initial thought? How do you initially feel? What's the initial reaction, emotional gut instinct reaction when I put you in front of 100,000 human beings, 200,000 eyeballs, when I put you on a stage of a thousand people? What, and I asked my audience this, my, my customers, a lot of them, what do you think they said? I'm not ready. There you go. If you're saying, when I say here's 100,000 people and you're like, I'm not ready. You're already saying I'm not ready. You're already saying I can't handle that. I'm not ready. Not yet. So we just didn't recognize it. And you're trying to blame it on, well, I just don't know Instagram yet because it's too overwhelming. Boo hoo. <laughs> Sorry. I'm such a jerk. <laughs> Boo hoo. You can't handle it. And that's something that no one's really talking about, but we always joke over the years which is why I end up getting into all this mindset stuff. You choose to be an expert. You choose to be the coach, the personal brand, the authority. It's one of the most simple and profitable business models that we could ever do and most fulfilling and rewarding and impactful. OMG. And it's one of the hardest things mentally and emotionally we'll ever do. It is so hard. It's it, so hard. It reminds me of, uh, I think it was Gay Hendricks. And he was talking about this idea of uh, the results that you have in your life is what you are committed to. Mm-hmm. And so we think we're committed to something else. So it's like, oh, we're, we're committed to having 100,000 people on our list. But it's actually because we're not committed to that. We're actually committed to having 28 people mm-hmm. on our list. That's why we've got 28 people on our list. Yeah. We actually can't yeah. handle it. Right. And like internally. And so what are you saying the really the actual real question should be? Oh, wow. The real, (laughs) the first question is what's causing me to be affected by a complete stranger's opinion of me. And now you've just created a whole nother episode because we could just go spend another hour there. What's causing me to have my worth my identity and my happiness be determined by some person on the internet that's having a bad day. Mm. And until you become, as they say, 
Am I allowed to cuss on the podcast? Can I not cuss? Did I say go for it. You'll be the I've first already one. said two or three. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> but they can bleep it out. But until you become unfuckable with, it's going to hold you back. And I, I mean, what will help with that is when you understand what is going on in the human mind that causes somebody to want to say something nasty to somebody else. And there's a lot, that's why I said it's like an hour. We just opened it, but I can go give a few things. And when it no longer affects you, like when you become fearless, people will tremble in your mm. presence. And that's what's happening is, you know, entrepreneurs say, what, why do you want to be an entrepreneur? Cause I want freedom. I want freedom financially and time and location freedom. I'm a free entrepreneur. It's like BS. You are not free when what you do is determined by what people on the internet think of you. When, when you have a bad day because someone said, you're ugly, you're not free at all. You, you have locked yourself into the most awful prison of your mind at the whims of random people. And you have the key of course. And, and when you can get, you know, clear and straight and complete with that, that's when you're free. When anybody can say anything they want to me, it doesn't affect me because I know that anything that anyone says about me says a lot about them. It just says who they are. Even the good, by the way, see, that's the problem is it goes so deep with this. That's why it says a whole nother hour because people are saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. And then someone gives you a compliment. You know, they say, Colin, this is the best podcast I've ever listened to. You're a genius. And what we do is we go, Oh, I'll take that personally. <laughs> I'll, I'll internalize I like that. that. I like that one right there. I want to delete that comment. <laughs> right. And we, and we say, yes, I am a genius because Susie said so, but you can't have your cake and eat it too. Uh, you can't be defined by the positive perspectives and opinions of others and then not be defined by the negatives. It's an all, it's a zero sum game. So, Whatever someone were to say to me, positive, I can't, I, I can't internal, I can't, I have to keep that humbleness. Someone says to me, James, that last episode was so amazing. You're a genius. Here's, there's two things that I do. The first thing is I say, this is feedback that I'm talking about things that's helping people. Mm. Let's do more of that. It's feedback. Yeah. And number two, I say, wow, this person was really in a right place to receive something that they needed to receive. That's awesome but I don't go, ah, I am a genius because Susie said so. You can't do it. I mean, you can if you, you want, both. but the yeah. moment someone says something negative or the moment they stop complimenting you, what then? Who are you then, right? You can't, uh, I'm not doing it for people to give me a compliment. It feel the e you feel the egos, they're like, yes, I feel so good, right? But it's like, no, it has nothing to do with me. That's her experience of me. She created me that way. That's her perception. That's great, right? And so, when it, when it, when it's not internalized like that, the same person or the next person says, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. Clearly I triggered them and I triggered them because I threatened them. And when you start to understand that again, I told you there's so much we can talk about here. When you start to understand that the reason why people are judging you or criticizing you is because you threaten them. You're in some way, you are not threatened physically. Of course you are threatening their model of the world. Yeah. You are, your very existence you standing in your power shows how powerful you are 
it, it threatens their entire belief system, their BS. And, and the ego and the, the mind really has a hard time looking within and saying like, maybe I'm wrong here. So we got to make you wrong. So we got to say, Colin, you're the idiot. I got to take you down because I can't have you contradict my version of reality. Mm. And when you realize that that's all what people are doing, you know, people are hurt. So hurt people, hurt people, you know, what people are projecting out is what's going on within. If they judge you, it's because they're judging themselves. If they hurt you, it's because they're already hurt inside. If they're, if they're angry towards you, it's because there's already so much anger inside. So compassion and understanding can allow for you to understand that it never has anything to do with you. I have a great example. Can I end with an example here? I, I know because I can go it, on man. so long. Do it. I was surfing, right? So Colin will really like this. By I, the I'd way, love, by yeah. the way, dude, I just got, I'll have to show you. I what? just got a new board, like a full on nine foot four long board, yes. fully shaped. Dude, so we have to have well, we that have to surf, which, which is four years in the making. Right, right, right. We just, you, you got to social distance in the water still. Totally, right? totally. No high fives. Right, right. No high fives after we hang 10. Okay, so I'm surfing and um, a guy steals my wave. He really, he stole my wave. I was there and he paddled in from like way I mean, out. Like sniped you. Yeah, he stanks me. And I still tried to go for it, but he, he had, was on a longboard, you know, those longboarders. Oh, so he was able it. to get up and he comes back out. He gets his wave. He comes back out and he starts yelling at me and he's ready to start a fight. And he's a big dude and he's a violent dude. He's a scary dude. And, um, so I'm not going to say anything. What's he going to kill me? Um, he actually had, he'd gotten arrested in the past for putting people in the hospital. So I knew his reputation. I'm not stupid. And, uh, my ego felt really bruised as he's like berating me and attacking me. He's like saying all these things to me. And I just stood there and took it. And I really stewed on it for hours and hours. I was really like, my ego was just so hit by it, but I kept playing it over, you know, like those detective movies where the, where the detectives in there at like two in the morning, watching the security footage over and over. And then he falls, <gasps> pauses and he sees something that he didn't see before. And I, I did, I heard something I hadn't heard the first time. And he said, to me he's like you didn't see me there you didn't see me there it's like you didn't even give a shit about me i was like what an interesting thing to say and i just paused on that for a moment and i realized you know people are leaving clues for their world and when who they are everywhere and i realized that's how this man sees the world that no one gives a shit about him. No wonder he was so angry. I'm just more evidence of that to him. Three weeks later, he committed suicide. You know, it's tragic. It was really sad. And it was, you know, I share that story because I could have yelled back. I could have stayed in my ego and taken it personally, made it mean anything about me. It had nothing to do with me. It had to do with this tragically hurt. And he had a very tragic life. Yeah. I, I won't share any more details about him, but he had a very tragic life and it would have been a very normal conclusion to get to that he got to, which is that no one cares about me. It had nothing to do with me. Hmm. And that's what's happening. Every time you post that Facebook ad and someone says what they're going to say, every time you post that Instagram and they want to challenge or say the nasty little thing, that's all that's happening. And until you understand that and realize that it never, ever, ever is about you. If every one of those is knocking you off your game, 
knocking you off your horse. If you can't handle it now, you're not going to handle 10 times the people that are waiting for you. Yeah. And you got to be able to handle, you got to be able to handle, handle the energy. You got to be able to handle the space of the people you have now and of what's to come before it'll ever come in. This is such an untalked about thing because it's not the tangible tactical mm. strategy thing. Yeah. But if you want a hundred thousand people following you, but you can't handle 5,000, it's never going to happen. And, um, yeah, I've had to learn that over the years, like how to yeah. handle more people, how to be who I am, how to like energetically hold more people. Yes. Absolutely. It's, it's essentially, it's, it's leadership and it's leadership that is, that has a sense of certainty about itself, but also like, yeah, it's, it's, it is a fascinating journey, isn't it? Well, you even talk about this speaking on stage. You've talked to me about that, how you have to change your speaking styles on smaller stages versus yes. bigger stages. And that you've told me how, when you're on a bigger stage, you have to move slower, you know, less sentences and stuff like that. Speak slower too. It's a different energy in the room. Mm. And you got to hold all that for all these people versus if it's like five of us at a table, you know what I mean? That's so true. And that, yeah, that totally relates to, just list size, business size, following size. You have to grow into that next version of yourself. Mm -hmm. Dude, I want to ask one last question, which is, which is imagine it's the end of your life mm. and people are standing around talking about James Wedmore, friends, families, wow. cousins, yeah. clients, and they're just talking about you and mm -hmm. the impact you had on their life what would be your hope that they would say about you? Well, we just had uh, an employee quit yesterday and she called, it was very much a very mature thing for her to do was she called me and she just wanted to like, you know, get complete with me and share her, you know, where she's at and no hard feelings and all that stuff. And she said, James, when you hired me, and when you hire everybody else, you say to all of us, as you said to me, whenever you leave, my goal, this is what I said to her to, and to everybody who comes on, my goal is that you'll leave a better person than when you came in. And that was their parting word. She said, you were absolutely right. I'm a better person having worked for you guys. And I know that's a very simple generalization, but it really is um, my my most simple goal is that I've be, I've grown so much in so many measurable ways. If I went back in time and talked to high school, James, and said, this is what you're going to do and all these things, wouldn't believe it for a second. So, so I'm the same person, but I've grown in so many immense ways. I've become a better version of myself. And it's always my secret dream and desire that anybody that crosses my path, whether it's a mastermind member, a client, a student, a friend, a family, um, anyone that crosses my path, that they tap into something that makes them a better person. And what does that mean? It just means, you know, believing in yourself more, regaining a bit of your personal power and um, believing a little bit more in what's possible for yourself. And that, that's me is like, wow, that's as simple as it is. Cause my favorite word is possibility. You know, I'd love for everybody to see a little bit more possible for themselves, for their future, for their family, for their business, for their financial situation. Hope a little bit more, you know, think a little bigger, dream a little, a little bigger. And if they do that, 
That's amazing. People talk about legacy. I, I don't really resonate with anything like that. I don't really care about legacy. I don't even know if we'll have kids, you know, I don't need to pass on my name. I don't need a statue <laughs> or anything like that. None of that stuff matters. We can organize that. We can organize a statue. I mean, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That wouldn't be too bad. <laughs> I mean, the statue would be for me. I'd probably put it in the bedroom or something. Like, looking good, James. All right, just kidding. But, you know, it's like that's the Like, I don't need to, you know, oh, I need my name to live on. Like, oh, man, I, I'm, you know, I, a lot of people talk about that stuff. I'm like, I think that's just a lot of ego. Um, but I think for the short time we're here, there's so many people in my life that have helped contribute to make me the person that I am today. We could do another hour just talking about those people. So many people, even the people that at first are like cause a lot of the drama in your life, or you think they're causing a little, they're some of the greatest teachers, right? So all these people that come into my life that have helped to make me who I am today and, um, you know, for me to return the favor or rather pass it on you know, to others is amazing, you know? Mm. So I hope, I hope, I hope at my uh, funeral or whatever that there'll be a couple of people to be like, yeah, here's what I learned from this crazy weirdo <laughs> that helps me in my, in my life. You know, that, that, that's it. You know, I think that's really, cause I can't help it. I can't help. Yeah. If someone says, Hey, could you help me? I can't say no. I just can't. You definitely are an over deliverer. I know every time we get on the conversation, like I'm like, oh, dude, you got 10 minutes. Let's have a quick chat. And then like two and a half hours later, we're still talking about all these random topics and everything. Like it's always, it's always a good chat. And I can definitely with hand on heart say you've, you've had an influence in my thinking mm. and life in terms of opening up possibilities. And so I'm really, I know Sarah and I are both grateful for that. And so what you're saying is you'll be at my funeral. So what I'm saying is I'll be at your funeral with a statue <laughs> of you. Sell, sell from funeralstage.com. Sell from funeralstage.com. <laughs> Are you so going to sell at my funeral? Of course. <laughs> of course. You wouldn't. It's eulogysecrets.com. I'll, I'll, I'll do it in the right way. But yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, authentic eulogy selling.com. <laughs> So good. So good. Mate, just when you think I'm going to make it be serious, I'm just going to, I, yeah. And that's my final words. Like Colin, I love Colin because we have a very similar sense of humor that we're like big kids that just yeah. laugh more than the average person. He's like so funny and he, he always laughs at my jokes. Um, even the not funny ones. And it's really like such a simple advice, but like I always teach anyone who comes across my path, like stop taking this stuff so seriously. Um, have more fun, joke around a little bit, you know, it's a game. It's a game. We're having fun and you should have fun. If you're not, if you're not having fun doing it, you're doing something wrong, you know, and just don't take it so seriously. Yeah. So what's the best way for them to connect with you? Uh, mind your business podcast, mind hyphen underscore your hyphen. Not.com. <laughs> not the.com. Yeah. Jameswedmore.com. Yeah. I know your Instagrams. You love a bit of Instagrams. Yeah. I'm on, I'm on the Instagram. So you can search my name on there. The podcast is, is a great place to start listening. If, if anything I'm talking about, you want to go deeper on, uh, it is the mind your business podcast. So you can just search it in iTunes or wherever you listen to, to podcasts. So Instagram and podcasts are good places to go. Love it, man. Hey, appreciate you being on yeah. the podcast and congrats uh, on launching it, man. Oh, have you heard? I've launched a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Big news. Right, look after yourself, brother. <laughs> See you, Colin. Why is it so hard to know what content to include in your speeches and webinars? 
Knowing which ideas to keep in and what to leave out is the difference between just getting claps or signing clients. If you're really serious about making your content highly persuasive, make sure to download the Persuasive Content Builder while it's still available. Go to www.persuasivecontentbuilder.com and get your step-by-step -step formula for designing and delivering content that connects with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Expert Edge.